Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Good morning, everyone. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's everyone and welcome to couples therapy my name is naomi my name is andy and we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians on couples therapy we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different <laughs> listeners i'm gonna tell you i'm in a good mood okay and i would like it to be on the record that i'm in a good mood okay i'll put it on the calendar put it on the calendar was it a good mood sad sad happy i think my tombstone should just be a list of the dates i was in a good mood <laughs> So that way people can remember. And also, it won't be that many dates. <laughs> really tiny tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, 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 wow. Do you see what I deal with? Do you see what I deal with in my own home? This rude boy. He's a rude boy. <laughs> yeah, hey. Uh, call the boss tones, because I'm a rude boy. Ooh. Um, call the specials. Let's, let's, let's go further back. Let's go to second wave ska. Naomi, yes. Naomi, we have a ton of stuff to talk about today before we get into the episode. Let me just start with one thing. You know, uh, thanks to uh, the Coco, you know, I've been catching up on everything. And so but you're have... back. You're back. Stop living in the past. Live in the present. You're getting it done, Andrew Beckerman. Sure. You're getting it done. I didn't know how else to set up the fact that I, we haven't had a lot of comments and updates 
in the intros because I haven't had a chance to call them. I was too quick to defend your honor. You were too quick to defend my honor. (laughs) Too quick. And who knows what... Uh, what's going on inside me? What organs? What? How been, many times have I told you to stop it? Organs have been destroyed stop by it. COVID. So anyway, I, he made me so mad. <laughs> we should record an episode that's just like updates you and me uh, and comments because uh, people are so nice to send them in. But uh, I want to play this one. So do you remember London's episode? Of course, a couple I episodes do. ago, the wonderful London Hughes, Queen of the Commonwealth. One of the callers called and had a differing sex drive from their husband. They were horned up, husband not so much. For and wondering what to reasons. do, how can I make a change? And then she also had spoken with three therapists who should have their licenses taken away, which didn't help. Right. And of course, after you talk to three bad therapists, you call couples therapy. <laughs> That's the rule. That's the rule. I say two bad therapists. I say <laughs> once you've had two bad therapists, call us and then get a good one. All right. So... But uh, we got so many comments and suggestions. I just wanted to play one of them. And maybe if we do record an episode that's just updates and comments, we'll play some more. But here we go. Hi, Andy and Naomi. This is Sunny calling from Philly. My heart is open and my butt is loose. I just finished listening to your episode with London, which is so, so fantastic. She's hilarious. Um, And I'm obsessed now, newly. And I was listening to the second caller who was having the trouble getting dicked down by her husband. So, in addition to, like, the baseline, yes, obviously both people in this marriage have to agree to work on their shit. I wanted to recommend the book, Come As You Are, Come As You Are, get it, by Dr. Emily Nagoski, um, which will totally rip to shreds everything you think about what we call sex drive and libido and, like, has great examples. But essentially what she says is that sex drive is a lie, libido is a lie. We don't all have just some thirst. What really we all have is a dual response system, so like an accelerator and a brake. And some of our accelerators are a little bit more sensitive than others, and some of our brakes are a little bit more sensitive than others. And so, like, without knowing entirely what's going on, it sounds to me like the caller's accelerator is a little bit more sensitive than her husband's accelerator, and his brakes are a little bit more sensitive than hers. What I love about this book is that it has like some case studies and there is one example couple in the book that's like exactly the same scenario. Um, the, it's a straight cis couple. The woman in the relationship has a stronger accelerator. The man has a stronger break and it like eventually she gets to the actual things she recommended that they do and talk about doing so that they can they don't have to change their sex drives. They're using what's unique about each of them, but like basically using it to have a functional and healthy and happy sexual relationship. So, and this is also for like anybody else. This is, I've thought about this a couple of times when people have called y'all asking for sex advice because y'all are sex negative and sex neutral. And so I just want everyone to read this book by a sex positive sex therapist. Um, so that's my recommendation. Love y'all. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for coming to us with an open heart, a loose butt, and a book wreck. And from Philly. Come on now. Coming through. Checking all the boxes. Thank you so much for that. Come as you are. I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that as an egg gal. This could be good for me as well. So you know what? Now I've got something for my book list. Not going to buy it on Amazon because I share that account with my mom. <laughs> Bookshop.org. Hello. That's what I use. Hello. Man, now the minute they mentioned Philly... All I could start thinking about was uh, Philly soft pretzels. No, I'll be honest. Focus. 
<laughs> Focus. Oh, good lord. Down on Oregon Ave, there was a shop that sold uh, sold soft pretzels. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. I'm food positive. <laughs> we need more food positive people, specifically <laughs> about Philly soft pretzels. Am I right, Naomi? I would like to go back to the issue at hand. <laughs> so hopefully if the listener who had written in about their husband heard that, come as you are, get that book. I would love to know if you were able to pick it up and give it a look-see and see if it helped you recontextualize things or gave you some action items so you could get some action. Hey, yo. <laughs> Um, really appreciate really really appreciate that rick thank you so much for calling in and giving us a little something because it's true we always need another we need a third person you know with us neg and nooch we always need somebody we need somebody who's thinking that's what the guest is always on the show is uh, that third perspective right who says sit on his face or divorce him in the case of london (laughs) their third guest Speaking of recommendations, Naomi, yeah. we have a couple recommendations for you, the listener. Well, might I recommend joining the Patreon? I'll tell you that right now. You guys, we promise you here and now, if we reach 500 Patreons, we will do a Zoom hang with the Page Pals. Okay? And right now, we're very close. As of this recording, we're only four people away. So it's not going to take too much, but if we hit that 500, we're setting up a Zoom. We're going to get together. We're going to answer some questions. We're going to have a little hang. So if that incentivizes you at all, go to mm. patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. Plus five- in general, in general, you're going to get two extra episodes a month. Two bonus episodes, $5 a month. What more could you get? I don't know. That's what we could give. I'll tell you that right now. That's what we can give. It's usually just me and Andy in the house spilling tea, talking about the things we're doing out in this crazy town. Also, a lot of wedding planning information probably going there, too. So, again, patreon.com slash pod. Now, while I'm recommending, might I recommend that if you are in New York City and want to see me perform live, I have a 10 p.m. show on Thursday, November 17th at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Now, I say mask up for all of our safety and enjoy a night of hilarity. I've got Irene Morales opening for me. I've got Aparna Nancherla opening for me. And I'm going to do a nice long set. Come on, guys. Let's stay up past our bedtimes and have a little fun. All right. I got you a portable air purifier so you can just stick it on the stage on a a stool in front of you (laughs) and just breathe pure air, regardless of the stank breath of the audience. (laughs) I also... Last night, I performed at the Lyric Hyperion here in L.A. For the first time, all pandemic, I wore an N95. I wore a mask on stage. I did my entire set in a mask. And I got to tell you, killed. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the mask ain't Mm -hmm. stopping me from bringing it. Mm -hmm. Let's think about that. Either way, you will get a wonderful show. So go to the Bell House's website. Look at the link in the show notes. I would love to have you there. It will be a fun, safe time for all of us. Have you thought about your next special? You wear a mask the entire time and you call it, I'm not dying up here. Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) What part? The mask or the great title? Did you not like? The title. (laughs) The title. And the mask. I mean, come on. Let's get a face beat. Let's look good. Uh I'd rather the whole audience be masked and me be unmasked. Because you know I can turn a look. I can turn a look that way. Uh And then also, I will say, when I was wearing my mask on stage, I was up there and, you know, me, I'd be screaming. And I very quickly get flushed. I literally ended my set being like, let me stop before I sweat my hair out. That was literally my ending sentence. I said, okay, I'm getting too hot to pee. So I can't be doing that. <laughs> um, my very last recommendation, which ties into our wonderful guest 
who Ooh. you've already heard. You've heard his dulcet tones. We Ooh. have welcomed back the wonderful, the hysterical, the ray of sunshine uh-huh. that is Truly. actor Danny Pudi, honey. Truly. Danny Pudi is out here. You know him from Community. You know Community is coming back with a little motion picture. Six seasons in a movie. They're giving us that movie finally. But even before then, you can catch Danny Pudi and myself in the new season of Mythic Quest, which premieres November 11th on Apple TV Plus. Okay? So, yes, I've given you a lot of action items. Okay? So maybe you just want to jot this down really quickly. Okay? Patreon.com slash Couples Therapy Pod. November 17th, Bell House, 10 p.m. in NYC. And then if you just want to sit at home, you don't live at the Bell House. You don't want to do all that. Why don't you watch Mythic Quest, November 11th? There's a lot to do, but I tell you, it will all be wonderful. It'll all be wonderful. Now, I'm done telling you what to do. Can I quick ask a question? How many episodes? Do you know? How many episodes a debut? Is it just one episode per week? Are you going to drop a couple episodes on on the 11th? We drop two eps on the 11th. Okay, okay. And then one a week after that. Okay, there there you go. There you go. So look, I know, I know we're... Like literally competing with Wakanda forever. Okay, so if you can't get your ticks, if you want, just watch MQ November 11th. Watch both. Do both, but just make sure you get MQ in the queue. Okay, babies. All right. Without further ado, I'm gonna say it this time. Roll it. I mean, I shouldn't have said good morning though, because it's actually is it 12:04. Oh my gosh, I should have said good afternoon, but you know, it's fine. Most people listen to this probably in the morning. I don't know when do people listen to this. First thing, the first thing they do when they wake up <laughs> is open their app. I don't look at the data. I'm not that much into the yeah. data part of this stuff. <laughs> can it tell you? Can the analytics tell you if people are listening and eating oatmeal? Like this is like a morning thing, or yeah. can they? T- they can tell you that. It, I mean, look, the capitalists have like fine tuned every little thing so they yeah. can figure out like, well, we got to put morning commercials in this then. <laughs> <laughs> got to be commercials for Lucky Charms. Pop-Tarts. Um, yeah. Now, Danny, when you were one of our last in-studio episodes, one of the last people we saw in person before it all went down. And so it just feels like. Oh my God, what time has passed? Uh, nine years, worlds have been built, worlds have collapsed. So much has happened in the time since we last had you here. And I guess my first question is, where are you at emotionally? <laughs> you know, that's a great question, I think. Uh, I was actually just talking about my heart. Where is my heart at today? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I know a lot has changed. Um I've been fortunate because I've seen you both live in person since then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in different settings. Um, one, uh, obviously, being on set in Mythic Quest, and then also being at my at my daughter's play. Um, so that Legally really Blonde exciting. Jr., the greatest show of all time. That's right. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you both for coming. That was fantastic. Um, so it's, but it's good right now. I feel like we're in a busy, um, busy, good place. Um, Kids are are active. They're in school. They're still doing theater. They're having fun. You know, we've traveled a little bit. We finished up filming Mythic Quest season three, which was awesome. And, you know, I mean, we're still on Zoom here and there doing podcasts, which is a chance to actually feel like like I'm hanging out with friends, which is this is basically we're scheduling friendship hang times now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason um, we still do this. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good, good way to actually see people. Um, so it's weird, but adjusting. Um, but overall I'm feeling pretty good, pretty happy right now. And, and, you know, thankful we still get to be doing what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah. Have, have you always 
felt happy. Now I ask that only because you seem like an emotionally buoyant person. You buoyant, seem like yes, someone who like bounces yes. back. Mm. Even keeled, buoyant. Yeah. Mm. Emotionally buoyant. That is the that's a good goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna be saying that as my new mantra mantra. Every once in a while I have like a new mantra. My latest one is uh, I get to do this. I get to do this. That's my newest one. Yeah. So the first and the first I get to do this is I get to do this is a little confused maybe sometimes like I I get to do this. And then the second one is like, no, rejoice in that you get to do this. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's when I want don't want to do this. <laughs> I say that to myself. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, but I that, that question is something I do find myself checking in with my like myself all the time. I'll always ask myself, like, am I happy right now? Mm. Am I still happy right now? Maybe why am I not happy right now? I am happy right now. I do feel happy right now. I'm very grateful. I got an awesome family, um, good friends, and I get to create still through this, Mm. being able to be creative. And I've realized how necessary that is for me. In Mm -hmm. some form, I have to be creating something or part of a creation um, that makes that contributes to my happiness. But I always think about like, I think back about when I was like, 18 or when I was like uh, 30, when I, when I first booked community, I think about like, was I happy that, was I happy that I was happy. I was happy at these various moments. Was I happy when I was 20 and in college and not sure what I wanted to do? I I was happy. I was definitely confused and anxious, which I still am, (laughs) but I, but, but I underneath it, I do feel like I was happy and I want to continue to check in there and be like, okay, I want to, Feel that I got to remember mm. what that feels like. Yeah, is that your dancer's heart? Your dancer's heart? I think so. I think so. Five, six, seven, eight. I get to do this. I get to do this. Um, truly, I think about like when am I the most happiest? And like, um, I used to be honestly, if I'm just dancing, if I'm dancing with friends and there's like music and everyone is just kind of dancing as weird as they can possibly dance in their own bodies and not caring at all. That is a that's a moment of being like that's as happy as I as I could see myself. Uh, that is a dancer's heart right there. Uh, <laughs> never yeah. like how are the 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 two main characters that I know you for on Community and Mythic Quest are either like emotionally neutral or or at least don't show emotion uh, or a sociopath or yeah, a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> how is the like Brad. how is the fact that like you're a generally happy person? How is that never allowed out in a character? <laughs> No, I'm gonna say, why do you so easily tap into the socio? Because that's what I think. Thank it's you. Like, you know what I mean? Like you take those sides and you go, I got it. Oh, I know how to make this work. I know how to make some. Ah, uh, that is that is a good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe there is something there. Uh, well, you know, I, I think from an early age, I was myself. I do feel like as a kid, I was often like um, stepping outside of my body when I was very little. And seeing myself in the environment around me. So there's that, that element uh, of Abed as well as Brad. is sort of seeing everything, all the parts around you <laughs> and you within the ecosystem. I do feel like just growing up in the way I did grow up, mixed race and being the only kid like me, I, I could see how I uh, caused the environment to shift when I walked into mm-hmm. a room. You know, And there was always that awareness um, which, um, not good or bad. It's just, there was that awareness. I think from an early age being like, I walked in the room and things changed, you know, like what, yeah. what was that? Yeah. Why was that? Uh, is it cause of me? Why is it cause of me? 
Did I do something? Should I smile? Should I not smile? You know, yeah. All these yeah. like social etiquette questions would would just pop into my brain. So I think that acts as it's it's helped me in playing characters, you know, and it's also something I'm just kind of interested in too, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I know walking into the classroom when I was in grade school and you had this yeah. hum, the Jew yeah. is here. The Jew is here. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> just being black anywhere, really. There, um, <laughs> but yes. They, yeah, anywhere, like, you feel that. Coming, coming to Pennsylvania with me and we're in the Target and oh, I'm just like. wow. Like, you know, I think in mm, some ways, yeah. it was interesting, you know, growing up in New York on one hand, I was exposed yeah. to a lot. But at the same time, I grew up in a much more, I think, segregated New York. You know, there were no white people in Harlem when I grew up. Now it's a different vibe, yeah. right? And then I look yeah. at them with side eye. I try to turn the tables on the whites in Harlem. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? Now it's called historically black Harlem. <laughs> exactly. It was once black Is Harlem. It? It's like wild. <laughs> but, but like what you were saying though about checking in and being like, am I happy? It's interesting because one of the things yeah. I've been re- I'm working on so actively now especially I started seeing a new therapist. I'm like trying mm. to very much enjoy my life in the moments to be enjoyed. I spend, and it's very, very hard. I spend so much time in anxiety and depression, right? Which is worry about the future, uh, sadness about the past. It's one of those. And it's always that feeling. And like, even when good things come up, because I think some things are still new for me. Like for instance, you know, at the time we're recording this, we have yet to do Mythic Quest press and like premiere stuff. That stuff scares me. Cause I've just oh, never yeah. done it, and then I'm like, "Oh no, my face and this and that," and but I get, and then and then Are I'm you scared. Tr- you're gonna say something during the press day that <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. You're like, canceled. why is everyone mad about Kanye stuff? <laughs> and then some, and that they're like, "What? Oh my god, why'd you I say know, that?" I know, and they have to yeah. scrub me from the season. <laughs> <laughs> we just at, yeah, we just asked you what can we look forward to in season three, and you went. <laughs> You went there. <laughs> well, we can look to... forward to the fact that Kanye will be around to tell us more important things. But then we... they have to cut you out like the Try Guys cut out that one. one yep, the that one, one dude who tried. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Yeah. But like, but because I get nervous and what I've been trying to remind myself is the same thing you just said. We get to do this. I'm like, this is something I have wanted to do since I was a child. Yeah. And so instead of freaking yeah. my ass out. Be like, okay, this is unknown, but it's exciting unknown, not scary unknown. And I even think sometimes my brain or my body signals like cross exciting and scared. Do you uh, know what I mean? I think that's, yeah, that's good. Exciting unknown. There is a huge difference there, right? Like exciting unknown. I, I think, uh, I, but first of all, I get nervous too, every time. Uh, I do get nervous about random questions or, um, you know, not saying enough or saying too much. I've, I've done a press tour where they asked me about the season, what to look forward to. And as soon as the interview is done, I see publicists huddling around the interviewer <laughs> and the, and, and, and then I'm like, what, what just happened? And they, then they rush over to me and they're like, it's okay, Danny, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We have them scratch that off and they're not going to include that part in the interview. And I'm like, what did I say? What did I do? And, like, oh. and um, I had mentioned a character appearing in the season or something like that that wasn't supposed to be announced yet. I realized, okay. and I was like, "I, you know, so that." And I remember that moment being like, all of a sudden, every interview after that, I was just like, <laughs> "I'm excited about this season. Many things will happen. You'll have to tune in to watch." <laughs> Such a robot, and I realized because I was still in my head. And the first interview I thought went great, 
but so I get, I get, I mean, there was just that moment and ultimately it was totally fine. It was nothing, you, you know, and it was just like one little uh, tease or spoiler, I guess, that we were not supposed to announce yet, but it was fine. But I think you know, there's moments like that that I do worry about sometimes, but ultimately it's like, yeah, I have to remind myself too. It's exciting unknown and we get to do this and, um, you know, it's, um, the fact that I get to share this news with people is the cool thing. I try to remind myself, like, I get to share this thing that I'm proud of, that we're excited about, that we got to do together. You know, um, we got to film a season, you know, during this time. Naomi and I, we got to do a scene together, my first directing episode. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> it has to be That's... nerve-wracking, I think, especially because it's not just like you're making art and then you get to, and then you're responsible for it and you get to go out and say whatever you want about it. It's that there's a corporation behind what you're doing. And like, I've like, when you were talking, I was thinking, I'm like, I'm not looking for gossip. So don't worry. I'm not like asking, but like <laughs> the season, Dan Harmon got fired or the season Chevy chase got let go or whatever happened. Right. And then you have, to, you're the one that this company is putting out in front and you have to like both generate excitement and also like, what what I think is difficult, and you can you guys can both tell me about if this is true, is like squaring the circle. Is like both being yourself and having to wanting to have fun and be excited about doing something, and and you know having to like do all this press, and also knowing that there is this like eye of Sauron behind <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great way. Actually, that's going to help me. I'm going to picture that in my next interview. <laughs> Directly behind the interviewer, I'm just going to the eye. So, uh, it's true. We're, we're, we have to be ambassadors in some way, right? And also, it's so hard for me because there is that awareness of, like, am I truly being my authentic self here in this moment where I'm trying to find the right words and still, you know, be, be cheeky Danny Pooty? <laughs> Not like, but also like kind of set up the season and not reveal everything. It's, it's, it is like a, it's an interesting dance, you know? And I think that, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. I think that's something I'm, I, um, I always find myself trying to figure out and, and just trying to make sure that if I'm like, okay, hopefully the percentage was, I was more myself than not in that one. <laughs> that's yep. what I'm just trying to do as much as possible. And, you know, and being okay, I have to be okay with, not saying too much, like just, just saying what I want to say. And that's it. And like, my wife will sometimes say like, you just kept talking because I think you were trying to figure out something funny to say, or you were trying to figure <laughs> or you were trying after you said something that you weren't supposed to say or didn't want to say, you kept finding a way to, to either cover that or make it into a joke. And then you realized it was already too late and there was no way to do a joke. And, but you just kept talking because you were looking for like maybe a callback within that. Um, and then it became like a bit you were playing with yourself. And then I was like, yeah, that is what I did. That's what I did. It's weird. It's weird, but we're going to be there together. I know it'll be beautiful. No, it's good. And I mean, yeah. I don't mean to get us into work talk really, but I just think like, those are the examples. Well, I the emotional. I, what, what I think is interesting is what we you don't hear is the emotional component of this stuff. Right. Like, I don't mean the mechanics of answering questions, but it is really like, it's just, I'm trying to remind myself and I've been like doing yeah. a lot more, like I'm back to the basics of like, I write down at the end, not necessarily my, not my to-do list for the day. At the end of the day, I write down what I've done because I literally have wow, to show myself cool. like, yeah. You did accomplish things, even things that seem simple were still things you chose to do and actions you took towards 
the greater good, be it the house, the whatever. Like I write down, I'm like, brush dog's teeth. You know what I mean? Like, That's is great. it art? Yeah. No, but it's a thing that isn't easy yes. that I could easily put off. And then I did. Yes. And I'm these, again, the kind of like staying present and kind of saying like, as you said, things are good. Am I happy now? Did I accomplish? You know, and what does accomplish look like? Because some days it's the basics and some days it is rote script. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. Try to put those things on more equal footing so that there's a little more mm. bathing and writing a script is on <laughs> equal yes, footing. I, I think they have to be. If I don't fucking put writing yes. a script on the same footing as bathing. That's why I don't be writing them because they be stressing me the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually really great. I do think about that. Uh, I was actually talking about that with Allison today. We're just talking about balance. We're just talking about like finding balance in, in life. And I think that's all part of it. Cause I do feel like, um, you know, uh, a lot of our industry and, and I know uh, myself included, like if I'm not working or have a thing coming out and, um, you know, people will come up to us all the time and be like, what's next? You know, there's always that question. Like, what do you got going next? You know? And, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh! You instantly start being like, well, I I did this, and then <laughs> then and then I I brushed my dog's teeth, uh, but they don't want to know about that. They don't care about that. They don't care about Willow's teeth. Um, uh, they should. They should care about Willow's teeth because they're gorgeous. Oh my god, um, perfect puppy teeth. Perfect puppy teeth. Um, but yeah, I I hear you on that, and it's nice to actually like jot down. And I journaled this last year too, just a part of that too, just to be like, you know, and I would you know, write down like any dreams I have, but also talked about, I specifically journaled for uh, running. I, I decided to do a run journal for a while and just kind of like document every run and how I felt and also kind of like just check in with myself to kind of like look back and be like, okay, yeah, you know, that one, um, I, I felt this way on that run or I felt this way. And I think it is helpful to kind of like be like, okay, these things are as valuable and important to your health uh, as your artistic endeavors, even though sometimes, you know, I know like I jumble my identity with what I'm creating or making and, and put that a little bit too much sometimes for myself. Um, and I know I could feel when that's a little out of balance, you know, in my body and, and, you know, and, and, you know, that's, uh, it's nice to be reminded that like, um, brushing your dog's teeth is, is just as important and good for your happiness. <laughs> it yeah. really is, honey. I can't have them lose another have them uh, lose another tooth because Dandy, I tell you, they charge uh, by the tooth at the dentist. Okay, you take her in. Uh, They're charging per tooth pulled. I said, uh, uh-uh, uh, not anymore. Not uh-uh. on my watch. We got to keep these <laughs> teeth in her mouth. Preventative medicine. It's all about the preventative. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, Wait, I can't remember if we asked this last time, but are you a therapy person? I've done therapy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it recently, but I'm, I'm, I will definitely go back at some point. Yeah, I, but you're I've been open. in therapy. Yeah, yeah, you're open. You'll have oh, the conversations. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's and good. I think about it. I think about it all the time where <laughs> I'll have, I'll be like, oh, yeah, am I running to or running from something in this moment? <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, I'll have all these things pop in my head where I'm like, oh, God, yeah, that one. Or the anticipated regret, Danny. This is what's happening right now. You're anticipating regret or, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's been very helpful for me. And, you know, I went, I started therapy actually later, you know, because uh, in my family, it wasn't a thing. We didn't oh, really, yeah. it's, it's just not the a thing. The Polish you know? mom was like, you fine. You fine. You're good. You're <laughs> yeah. good. You know? Um, <laughs> and I was like, why does, why does no one want to talk to me about all these things? And I realized like, it's not up to me to go unload on <laughs> my family. <laughs> uh, you know? 
um, uh, about all the different voices I hear in my head when I walk into a room. It's, that's, that's too much for them. You know, that's too much for them. Or, you know, uh, so yeah, I started therapy. Actually, I started therapy probably when I actually reconnected with my, uh, my father when mm-hmm. I, and I realized like, oh, wow, I had a lot of questions here and all these different things were popping up in my life that I realized I need, I hadn't talked about, I thought about, but I, I just buried away and I needed some place to, to just speak them out loud, you know, mm-hmm. and super helpful for me. Super, super helpful for me. Yeah. I have a question. It's a kind of seems a little random, but I, it's something I ask yeah. people in general, like people who are in long-term relationships, you know, pre pandemic through the pandemic, is there anything you learned? And obviously the answer can be no, but is there anything you learned about your wife or yourself that you didn't know before you were forced to kind of be in close quarters and powder down for a long time? Mm. Well, I, there's, there's something that was, I think was heightened. Well, two things actually, no, there's gonna be a lot of things, but these are the first two things <laughs> I guess that came into my head. The first thing was, um, you know, my, my kids, uh, so our kids are 10 years old now. We have twins, beautiful kids, Fiona and James, they're amazing. But we obviously had to do remote learning during the pandemic, um, which was uh, tricky. I know tricky for, for, for everyone. It's a, just a crazy transition. I feel for, for kids and parents, anyone, all of a sudden having to, to learn from home. And that's very hard, you know, when you're not teachers and you're not equipped to to understand how to be a parent and switch to teacher it's a it's just a two different jobs two different head spaces it's not and it was tricky obviously and also with our kids like being like we're shifting now we're going to try to help you with your homework or help you with this kind of but i'm like so so grateful and also um just like uh you know, I saw my wife in a new way again, even though she's got a master's in education, she was a teacher, fourth grade teacher. And boy, did I see her like in, uh, just take on this role so gracefully during that, um, switch to remote learning. I was just, it was just wonderful to, to see how someone could handle that really difficult transition and be, be there for the kids and be there for us. And she really is incredible, but I was just so thankful to have her in the house during that moment, you know, uh, as we're trying to figure out everything, you know? Um, and you know, I, and I think I, I've mentioned that before, like they, uh, my daughter had written down a list of like all the different subjects that, uh, my wife is going to help out with and all the subjects I was going to help out with. And it was like, uh, mom, dad, mom, uh, science, reading, um, English, uh, math, uh, dad, history. <laughs> and maybe art, maybe art was there. Uh, art was maybe on both sides. Uh, but I was like, that's fair. It really was fair. Uh, and so I think my kids also saw how valuable she is to our family in that, in that transition. So that's one thing I definitely think was, like you just realize, uh, you see your, your partner in, in, in work mode. Sometimes we see, we don't see each other in work mode very often, you know, cause if I'm go to set or she's working, she would go to school, teach and, you know, she teaches yoga, but it was interesting to see her in work mode in the house for the Is first that time like that? at all ever, <laughs> because I know that Naomi and I, when we have to step into work mode, yeah. it's a it's different, hard, yeah. it, like, 
I don't like her seeing me have to be like oh. business Andy. If I have to like you know, <laughs> yeah. pitch something or like, and now like you're home and they're like, it's unavoidable. Like have a phone call with an agent or something like that. Right. Business Andy is different, is more superficial, is <laughs> less like, is going to go for like an easy joke as opposed to like the more fun joke, because that's what uh, business Andy thinks the business person will understand. <laughs> and it's embarrassing. That mode, it's really embarrassing for me to have like someone I love witness. Uh, I will agree with you. I, I always think it's like, you know, my wife would say, I remember when she was doing student teaching, she would say like the principals would walk in and like audit her classroom while she, she was student teaching. And it's, it's like, as if you're, I don't know. And any kind of setting like that, when someone's watching you, it's very different. You can't freely be yourself. Now you're you're performing and being watched. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I feel that way when I'm at home and if like a kid will peek in when I'm Zooming. And, you know, I've had my kids too even say like, you know, you laugh different with your friends versus like some of these other th- And I'm like, I don't need to hear that. Let me laugh. I don't need to hear. Now I'm thinking about how I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Thinking about the how I'm going to answer this question, but it is when someone's watching you or, or there, it's it's it is the it's it's different, right? Um, you become weirdly aware. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also too. It's like I call it, it's like not just someone watching, but it's more like you're bearing witness. You are watching me change <laughs> into this person, into this. Yeah, like it's a performance, but it's not a performance of like fun it's kind of right she says like whatever the kind of the business version of the conversation or just any conversation you'll have with someone you don't know well right like that's what all this stuff is it's like what's that version or like lord and part of why i i just ask this because i know because it's too like i think in the pandemic i learned about andy yes i learned about a new layer of yeah. anxiety which we talk about normally often on the pod but what i really learned is like andy has a plan and will handle shit like i think he is actually a very good apocalypse buddy now in a way that I didn't know before because he is someone who's like a planner and he's like, let's do this and we got the steps and this is how we about to execute. I was brought up by parents who were born right after the Holocaust. So of course they're going to instill in me, hey, uh, know where the exits are. All right. But, that's, that's in you, though, and these things come out now, right? Exactly. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, I didn't yeah. know that about you until we were in a situation. Yeah. Like, you didn't have, there's yeah. never a need for that t- side to show itself. And then yeah. suddenly it was like, okay, this is how we about to attack Trader Joe's. You know what I mean? Like, this is the planning yeah. that came from a person who was like, okay, not, this is the dude. Not just that. Hey, like, uh, when they start asking you to wear uh, uh, golden stars of oh, David. Oh, my Lord. Why uh, do you maybe- keep bringing up because maybe uh, you know, figure out which country you're going to move to. <laughs> Netherlands, Netherlands is uh, our top. Come on now, Amsterdam, uh, Danny. You got to think we about just, you can bike. We just went to Amsterdam this summer with the kids. We took Lord. them there. Uh-huh. Did they love it? Uh-huh. They did. They did. It was. We did a bike tour. Uh, looking back, maybe they weren't quite ready for the bike tour. Um, okay. But too much? they were the only kids on it. Uh, they were only kids on the bike tour, but it was awesome. Uh, you know, it's flat. In some of these Scandinavian countries, it's so flat, so you could just cycle everywhere, and that was really cool. Everyone's wearing bright colors everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it was, you know, people wearing just, like, cool pants. Everyone's uh, – there's just, like, it feels uh, 
it's a different like shade of happiness. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Sometimes uh-huh. it's cool to go to places and you see a different shade of happiness. Yeah. You know? And that's it's what New I felt York like. With canals. Just... New York with healthcare. Like I think when you don't have <laughs> yeah. to pay for your coverage, <laughs> yeah. you're a little willy nilly. You're a little yeah, free, okay. you know? Because they're riding that bike. It doesn't matter if they, they, you know, go off into a canal. They're gonna be all right. They're gonna figure that out, right? Exactly. Um, that's uh the other thing I was gonna say is when you brought up that learning about Andy and the planning. My wife is similar in some ways with the planning and the structure, and I don't have that. And I've realized that as well during, um, I, I, it was enhanced, I guess, during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, she's also really good at like uh, keeping our house tidy. So she throws everything out. She throws everything out. I attach stories to everything. I keep <laughs> the kids' art. I keep the kids' art because I'm like, well, they're going to want to remember this. And she's like, yeah, there's... They do, you know, they've drawn six sunflower, you know, <laughs> you know, things they're they're you know, um, so that's been kind of fun to see, too, like that there is this like tidiness because we've been home so much yeah. that she's like, we got to keep this place extra tidy now. We're not like turning into hoarders during this time. And I think my instinct maybe was to turn into a hoarder. Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with yeah, you. And, and I was like, we got to make this place extra cozy. We're doing we're putting extra blank. I'm getting more quilts. And she's like, we have enough quilts. Okay. And I'm like, wow, I, I really do like quilts. And I'm like, I find myself needing more quilts in this time. I don't know. Do you think that's an aging thing? Not the quilts, but I mean, the, like, yeah. Yeah. The, the older I get, the more like I get sentimental about things. And like, so you've got, like six, like little Van Gogh sunflowers yeah. from your children you're like well i'm gonna you know in 10 years when when they're in college i'm gonna want to look at these and remember when they were just yeah. drawing little little sunflowers absolutely absolutely i think that's definitely a part of it i think they they're they because i do feel like we don't change much within the last three years you know but my kids have changed dramatically over the last three years mm-hmm. and it's frightening sometimes when i listen to their voice and I'll sometimes just like record their voice, ask me a question or, and, and I'll just listen to it again. I'll be like, oh, my gosh. And just hearing their voices change over the last three years. It's crazy. And that's that gets me that I don't know that that to me seems uh, that's how I'm almost like registering time passing now. And I do feel more sentimental about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's like why one of the reasons why I can't have children because they do remind me of mortality and time passing. Like people, oh, other people's man. kids, you know, I see them and I'm like, yeah. you're this big. Like some friends of ours, you know, the kids who we were there when they were born and like, you know, we yeah. see pictures online where I'm like, Oh my God, first grade. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, kids God. are a living <laughs> countdown clock. <laughs> I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I, I, my kids will say that sometimes to me. They're like, Oh, I'm getting tall. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Every single day you're getting stronger and I'm getting weaker <laughs> at this point in their lives. That's what's happening. They are getting stronger and I'm getting weaker every day. And, and, like, and I, I kind of say that in a jokey way, but I'm also like, there is truth to that, you know, mm. and, I don't, and I, I don't know. I'm trying to find the good in that. Like, it's kind of <laughs> cool. So I, I, I'm trying to like force them to be like, you're going to have to take care of me. So here's what we're going to need. I'm going to need quilts. I'm going to need, <laughs> um and uh yeah but there is uh, that's that that ticking clock um yeah i i guess i'm I'm more aware of that now you know Mm. and i think uh this time as well during this during this time there's been a little bit more of like a ticking clock you know 
which I think is good. I think it's good in some ways, you know, because I think it's like, you know, recognizing that there is no, you're not. Uh, you're not uh, about uh, this. That's no. You, no, this is you again. Emotionally yeah. resilient. Buoyant. Yeah. Buoyant. I have we're to. Um, we're like I everything. To I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> we're. Um, yeah. I mean, my son will say that sometimes, too. Like, he'll be like, it's a, he, he's the one who, like, will recognize that, like, you know. Uh, the realities of the world that he's a cool uh, person your son is actually the coolest yeah. person i've met in years i just want you to know <laughs> oh that he's gosh. the coolest uh, he's funny he's like smart i was like okay am i actually oh having a conversation with a child like they're a person you two you two talking i could have watched that all day that was hilarious <laughs> they were sitting next to each other during this play breaking it down and <laughs> just the commentary was was pretty incredible but he's wise he's definitely yeah. wise and he's also uh, doesn't really have a filter in some ways, you know, mm. which is really beautiful. Yeah, he'll just, if he has a question, he'll just say it or I'll ask it, and it catches me off guard sometimes. Definitely catches me off guard. Um, so I have to I have to choose my words correctly, or sometimes I'll forget that I'll be like, you know, he's like, uh, let's watch Scream, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's totally watch Scream, and then I'm like, wait a minute, you're ten. <laughs> I should should I be should I be watching Scream with you? I, I don't know, but he I don't know. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting being caught off guard frequently. <laughs> you know where you you you're like I don't know. I don't know if I'm making the right decision as a parent in this moment. Um, but you're convincing me. He's a very good negotiator. He's skilled. He's a skilled negotiator. I, I don't think we asked this last time either. But like, because we don't want kids. But like, I think about what I would do differently from my parents mm, yeah did you have that thought or did you have that like conversation with your wife like what are we going to do differently from our parents to to change the like just to change yes to break the cycle whatever well, that is to break the cycle yeah what the cycle was i don't want to like comfortable be, discussing about yeah, the like cycle yeah so yeah i i think that's uh that's something i was very aware of you know i mean i grew up with my dad was largely not in my life as, as a kid, he was gone and we reconnected, um, as he got older. And when I became really a father and, um, it was wonderful and it was really good for me. And I think healing in many ways and, uh, for both of us. Um, and I got to, I got a chance to see him in a different way because without him in the picture, I had all these ideas of who he was or who wasn't. And, um, and it was really nice and to be able to kind of grow to appreciate him and, and learn about his journey and, um, and, and, you know, and I saw my mom in a new way too, because of that, um, kind of reconnecting with them as adults. You know, I never really got to, um, see them, um, as an adult. I always, I've, I've always felt like I, I was a kid with them in that, yep. this way, I get you that. know, and I never, I never got to really see them as an adult and what it was like for them both as immigrants to come to this country with not a lot and have to figure things out and being away from family and all the different obstacles that they had and just seeing how difficult that was for them and the sacrifices they made and the questions that they had to face. And um, so I, uh, in many ways, I, I really, and I never really had that, I, I guess, true appreciation or understanding as a kid. Uh, we didn't talk about it. So that was one thing. We just never really talked. There was no time to really talk about it. And so that was my own journey, being able to go back and kind of look at that and be like, oh, okay, that's something I want to be able to, with my kids, at least talk about the different things that our family's gone through and um, give, them, give them better understanding, um, mm -hmm. a little, lay a little bit more of a foundation. 
And I think um, that's something my wife and I, we're both uh, in line with just kind of like being able to communicate with more with our kids and trying to be in tune with them, letting them know that we're here, you know, um, and trying to sort of uh, keep things open, as open as we can. That's a thing I want to be able to provide for them. Um, and in many ways, my parents didn't have that option. They, they just didn't have that the luxury of, of time and mm-hmm. um of time, I think, in, in many ways, uh, to be able to communicate openly. And I think that's changed generationally, too. So I, that's something I've, I've always wanted to be like, I, you know, I want to be there for my kids as much as I can. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, necessarily. I don't, I feel like I don't have like a map. <laughs> I always think like, wow, I do not have a map or a playbook for this. I don't know how to do this thing. And um, I, I, I lean on my wife a lot for that. Um, I think I picture her family as like kind of this when I picture like a family, <laughs> like <laughs> I always think about like, remember those books you'd get as a kid and they'd be like, this is the town. So-and-so goes and they are the firefighter. Here's the teacher. There is the nurse. This is, I picture my wife and her upbringing kind of like that. Okay. And then I picture my, my upbringing is like you open the book and it's just like sketches, abstract paintings, <laughs> you know, and you could do whatever you want. And my mom and family were amazing. And so I always grew up, in a loving household, super loving and super creative. And my mom was like, I didn't grow up in a household where dreams were like squash. My, it was all about embracing your dreams. My mom was like, you could do whatever you want. And I, I value that. And I, I think it's helped me in so many different ways, you know? Um, but it wasn't traditional. It wasn't in a way where I like, you know, and I feel like my wife had more of like a structured kind of traditional upbringing, where I kind of look at it as sort of a model in many ways of like, okay, now we're going to have a conversation about the importance of going to bed early on Sunday nights. You know, like <laughs> she'll say like, you know, uh, just, she says something like sleeping in is like, uh, no, going to bed early is sleeping in on the other side. Or she says things like that. <laughs> where, I love like, it. And, and I grew up, I'm like, we spoke like Polish and, and I'm like, we don't have phrases like, <laughs> Like six and one and half a dozen. The, the like I, she says things like that, which are like American. Like what are they called? Euphemisms, idioms, idioms. idioms. She has those like ready to go all the time, and 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 I'm like, Haha, what does that mean? Uh, I don't. I don't. I have to. It takes me a minute to be like, oh yeah, because we don't really say that. My, you know, we would speak Polish or like you know they would be like. So uh, I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's something that I I've like value during this as i'm we're raising the kids is trying to like you know uh lean on each other more with certain moments you know and you know and try to be like um and just creating as open an environment as possible but also you know maybe not laying on too much too early because sometimes i just want to be like oh i can't wait to tell them this story about this fail i had in high school um (laughs) and then my wife will be like maybe let's wait wait a year let's wait a year you know, um, wait a yeah. year before you tell the kids how you peed yourself during the <laughs> basketball match. The big basketball, match. the big, the big hoops match, the big hoops match at homecoming. Uh, I was, I literally could not think of a thing that happened in high school. <laughs> well, all my stuff was weird, like quote unquote weird, like science Olympiad and quiz ball and stuff like quiz that. Quiz ball's not weird. It's not weird, science but it's not like no. it's not no, what you think good. of when you think of high school. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's true. You think of homecoming, and you think of uh, giving giving your best girl your letterman jacket. <laughs> your best girl. 
My oh. high school was leading pep rallies and singing uh, Polish Christmas carols to the, the, the entire student population. Really? Uh, you, how many yes. of you would get up and do the songs? Well, me. I would, my bit was that I'd be oh. like, okay, everyone, um, if you know the words, jump on in. And like, you know, obviously no one knows the words to Today in Bethlehem. Um, so that was the bit. But I was lucky because I think my principal and other people were like, this kid needs an outlet. He needs to find a place to express himself. We don't know where else to put him. Um, let's let him lead a pep rally. So uh, that was my version of the Science Olympiad. For yeah. some reason, that anecdote puts literally yeah. everything it's into fully, perspective. It's, it's a capsule. That, that, yes, that is like yeah. that is like uh, your existential profile in pill form. Oh, cool. Okay, great. Yeah, I think about that, and I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense, and it helps me also looking back now too, to be like, my teachers also were trying. Some of my teachers were actually really trying to help me. They just didn't know what to do with me, and yeah. <laughs> I had all this energy and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't really fit in anywhere. Uh, and they, and they were giving me opportunities to kind of figure it out in some ways, you know? So I'm very thankful to sister Carol and father Molinaro to, <laughs> for that opportunity to uh, wear a wolf t-shirt and sing Jishai Bethlehem. <laughs> okay. You know what? Speaking of giving people an opportunity to figure things out, people have called in with questions. Okay. They've written Ooh, in yeah. there. Mm. They need us, Danny. They need us. And I think that, let's you know, do it. You guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back to help you live your best life. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I had always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out. But the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, me undies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers. And the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. 
Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. With the one, the only Daniel Pudi. Okay, you're, hey. you handle your scandal, honey. We get questions from all over through Gmail, DMs on Twitter and Instagram. Our favorite, of course, voicemail. So that's what we got for you right here. Yes, 323-524-7839. Remember, there's a three-minute limit, okay? You're going to get three cut off. So if you come in here too long, we ain't going to know. We ain't going to know. All right, let's go with this one first. Hi, Naomi, Andy, and esteemed guests. Um, I'm a relatively new listener, listener who has absolutely fallen in love with your podcast. Listening to you guys and your kind-hearted voices makes my whole day. So um, I thought I'd run a new romantic conundrum by you. Um, I'm 27. I've been pretty unlucky in relationships. Um, never dated anyone for more than a few months. I've never had the conversation with any of those people that I have dated about, like, what are we doing? Are we in a relationship? You know, I've had a lot of situationships, I guess. Um, suffice it to say, I am not good at talking about my feelings with guys, and I'm certainly not used to them talking about their feelings with me. Um, I recently started seeing a new guy off Hinge. Um, as of now, we've only been on three dates. We have another date planned this weekend. Um, and he seems sweet, and he seems fun, and we have a lot in common. Um, but he's so complimentary and open about his interest in me that it almost freaks me out. Like, mm. last time we hung out, he was telling me that I was beautiful and smart and funny, and I totally just froze. 
Um, I didn't know how to respond. And he also said something along the lines of, I feel like spending time with you could make me a better person, which I, I do feel like that might be a little bit of a red flag. <laughs> I, I can't tell. Am I just unable to receive compliments? Is he coming on too strong? Is it some combination of the two? And if it, even if it doesn't work out with this guy, how do I work on believing that I'm worthy, worthy of someone treating me nicely and saying nice things to me? Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you for your amazing podcast and for being the lovely, lovely people that you are. Um, Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, wow. thank you, new listener, for wow. listening and calling in. Look at you taking that step so early. And Very giving proud. us compliments. Now we have to yes. now we have to take compliments. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I will say um, uh, that was a, a lovely, thoughtful question. She complimented everyone, and uh, I do feel like I've in the past also been very uncomfortable in moments where I've been complimented. Yep. I don't. I don't. Um, sometimes I don't know how to handle that as well. I've frozen, um, and um, I think that's part of sort of like growing up. You know, being humble, not be. Uh, you don't. Uh, you know, I grew up, and I, I don't know. I've always had that thought, like. This could end at any moment. I don't deserve to be here. Uh, I'm going to get fired tomorrow or mm. all these things. All these thoughts have, I've also floated in my head. Uh, I know it, not necessarily in that relationship way, but also in that, like, am I worthy to be here in this moment? So I would say you are worthy. First of all, you are, you are kind, you're speaking in a kind way. You deserve all those compliments. Um, and uh, I think it's important to, to recognize that just as a person, as a person, um, it's it's okay to be complimented. I it does make me feel uncomfortable too, though, in the moment sometimes, and yeah. I just have to sit there sometimes and accept it, um, you know. But I do feel sometimes a little uncomfortable uh, when when that's happening to yeah, me as for well. Sure, it's like because what's happening is their words are clashing with your own self image. Yeah, it's like if someone yeah. if someone was like. Uh, uh, two plus two is five, and you're like, wait, no, that's not right. Hold on, it's that kind of feeling. Or someone uh, points out, this is not going to make any sense. I was just like, like, if someone points out something about reality that is different from your reality. So there's a chair sitting here, but if Naomi was like, there's no chair there, I would be like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I realized that was yeah. dumb. I realized that was <laughs> no, dumb. It was. It is. It, no, is, the clash, no. it is the, the clashing clash. of yes. two different realities, right? Bumping up against each other. Two different dimensions. We're in <laughs> Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness, okay? Two different dimensions yes. bumping up. And one of them is your own version of yourself, which is like whatever it is, right? I know that I had this problem, like, performing. And sometimes I would be like, I would get off stage and be like, I, that fucking sucked. I, I I was terrible in that. But someone would be like, oh, that was really funny. And I would be like, what, what's going on here? What's why? Mm -hmm. Did you just see the thing that I did? I know that was yeah. bad. I know that yeah. I wasn't as good as I could have been, that I didn't take the right third beat risks. <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't go A to C. I went, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I would go sulk. And then I had to learn. I really, literally, I remember one show, like uh, some indie improv show in New York, where I went out back afterwards. I sulked. I sat on the stairs at under St. Mark's and sulked because I thought it was so bad. And then no one else did. Everyone was like, it was fine. Like, at the very least, oh baseline, my God, please. fine. I remember one time I did a show. I think it was Broadway Comedy Club. I know it was some basement, honey. 
But I remember it was like a paid spot. It was like, you know, lady comedy night, like whatever. Oh, no. And I thought like and it was like what I now know, a touristy audience in New York, you know, Midtown Manhattan. Probably a lot of yeah. them weren't getting my puns and wordplay. But either way, it didn't go well. I left without getting paid my $25 because I was like, I did so bad. I don't deserve the money. And I had a friend say, he was like, yeah. bitch, collect your check. Okay, we, you take your money, you did the work. But I you remember just being work. like, this is so bad. But also let's- But the, did they think it was bad? Did you get a compliment? It didn't fucking matter. The idea yeah. that like, yeah. <laughs> so, whether yeah. you see it about yourself or not, uh-huh. you know, people are allowed to their opinion, whether it's good or bad. Because let me tell you, I got to pivot. I got to pivot us back to this dating part. Because I want to say both things can be true in this instance. Both that you can't take a compliment and this guy is coming on too strong because I think, but I, but I do wonder if maybe his, you know, people come to your life a reason or a season. Maybe his reason is to get you used to compliments. So you can be like, yes, yeah, I know I'm beautiful. Yeah. Let's go. Like maybe you need that yeah. practice because I, I think it can happen. Like, cause I feel the same way too. When, you know, back in my dark, dark dating days, when someone was too into me, yes, I think it was in part low self-esteem. That was like, Okay, I ain't even doing nothing. You should not be this excited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But also, I think it it is, you might be responding to what feels like this person really trying really hard to, like, ingratiate themselves. You know, and them to, like, he could maybe just really be trying to get you to like him. And so it's like, let me tell you, because I think certainly when you're on a date, especially the early dates, you show up, someone saying, you look really beautiful. Of course, of course, you've shown up. You look like your picture, maybe even better. You should get a compliment. <laughs> but if like halfway through dinner, they're like, you make me, a, you could make me a better man. It's like, calm uh, down, yeah, calm a, down. You're my queen. Is this a hotep? <laughs> this is too much. Are they like... Are they like, you're my empress? It's too much. It's too soon. They could. Look, you could be their empress like maybe a year in. But it can be kind of early. So I think both things, which is like, thank you. You know, the first comment was like, you don't need to keep doing them over and over like the whole date, you know? And that could also just be this guy's way. Like, you know, he could be nervous and obviously, again, wanting you to like him. The point is, you, you do deserve love and relationships Yes. And equality in those relationships, meaning you feel for that person what they feel for you, and they show it in the way that you want it to be shown. Uh, so, like, that's the baseline. That's the baseline. Know that going in. I think you also need to make sure he's not, again, this is the dramatic term. I don't think it's love bombing, but just making sure he's not, like, mm. bombarding you with all these compliments all the time. Well, and, like, bombarding. He's just bombarding. And then you, like, do you like him, right? You said he seems nice, mm. you have stuff in common. Just make sure that you're kind of focused on that part and don't let the compliments kind of yeah. overshadow, you know? Because sometimes somebody can do, like, I don't know. I remember in the past, I dated people where it's like, oh, they seem to like me so much. And if they like mm. me, shouldn't I be, yeah. in it, uh, be with them? Yeah. Like, isn't that the yeah. thing? And then I used you, to do that too. If someone liked me, that even if I didn't like them, I'm like, well, I guess I should like them. Yeah, and yeah. then you kind of overlook yeah. the bad <laughs> stuff yeah it's kind of exploring that moment of like when you freeze why right what is the, is it because you uh, like how do you feel about the person how do you feel about the person do you, how do you truly feel about that person right mm-hmm. um and how do you feel about yourself right i think that too mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. yeah. yeah with compliments i will say this this is how i learned how to just deal with them 
which is no matter how you felt about yourself, you smiled and you said, thank you very much. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I say yeah. thank you yeah. for saying that, or that's nice of you I, to say. No, I don't even say. I go. I go. I'm not going to uh, yuck their yum or whatever, right? <laughs> but like they say, yes. like, oh, I love that, and be like, thank you, thank Just you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you very much. I, I, I remember I learned pretty. I was in college, and it was like maybe it was an improv show or stand up or something I did in college, some college show where like the next day in like one of the dining halls, this woman came up to me, you know, she's like, you know, so funny. And then I immediately start going off about how I'm like, no, I was terrible. And when I tell you, she got so mad. She literally, she got the stankest face and she goes, okay, whatever. I was trying to give you a compliment. And like, (laughs) yes, yes. Yeah. It like train, like that was like, it was so bad, but it was like kind of so good. It happened to me so early. It didn't happen in front of a lot of yeah. people, but it was such a, like, it literally like shocked me out of responding any other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes with friends, I'll do it. I think because I know them well enough, but it's like, yeah, nobody wants to hear it. No one needs your backstory. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> they don't want the thing. They don't want the history. And so I was like, okay. But I remember it was just, I will never forget. I forget her name. And I just, but I remember her face so clearly in my head, her looking like, Okay, I was just trying to be nice, and then you just came in with all this other shit. Like, she was not having it. And I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. Danny, do you have time for one more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do this one. Hey, Andy and Naomi. It's Nikki. Um, longtime listener, first-time caller. So my situation is I am dating this person for the first time. Not for the first time. I'm dating this person. I've dated many people. Um, but this for the first time feels very, very special. I like, you know how they say, when you know, you know. I really feel like I do know. I feel like this is the person I want to be with. They make me feel like my whole self. I feel like I'm not holding anything back. I'm really excited about this. However, it's still fairly new. I'm a 27-year-old female. They're 28-year-old male. Um, I'm bisexual. So anyway, my idea of a relationship and parenthood has been pretty flexible. They have made it very clear that they don't want to be a parent at all when they have children. Um, I'm not, like, super attached to the idea of being a mom, but I would like to parent to some capacity. And am I just setting myself up for sadness um being in this relationship Mm. with somebody who knows for sure that they don't want children when that's not mm, something i'm so sure about yet i do definitely want to parent in some capacity whether that's fostering or raising chickens or i don't know i'm really open to a lot of different (laughs) possibilities in my future and if it's not in theirs um do i need to end it now while it's still new or should I maybe wait for us both to age and figure things out for ourselves a little bit more or am I just setting myself up to be really really sad someday um Mm. love to hear your guys perspectives always love to hear your perspectives so um hopefully you'll give me some advice bye this is a tough one Nikki thank you for calling Mm. in and sharing but that is also a tricky one now Mm. Danny do you have any thoughts Mm -hmm. uh you know so that you know when I was uh, well, first of all, I want to say that is so wonderful that you found someone that uh, you feel like you could be your full, true, authentic self with. You're, I think you said the word whole person, and that is a beautiful thing. And um, you know that's just a wonderful feeling to have with someone. So that's really cool. I'm excited for you. Uh, you know when I think early on when I was when I was feeling like uh when i met my wife and we're like 
dating and I, we were feeling the same feelings. I think we had a lot of conversations, right? We talked about everything. Um, we did talk about kids. I remember that as one of those conversations. How and, early? Do you know how early? Like a year in? Uh, a couple years probably in, you know. Um, and I think we were both uh, – we didn't, we weren't like, we're going to, I, I want to have five kids or, um, you know, we were both pretty in line with what we wanted. We both wanted to be parents. So it was very easy for us. So I didn't have this challenge. So I have to be honest about that. I just didn't, we didn't have that as an obstacle. We had other obstacles in our relationship. Um, but I think that was something that to me was very important. Um, How'd you I know realized, that? how'd you know that about yourself? I just always wanted to be a dad. I was like, I just, re- I remembered, like, I just always was like, oh, I can't wait to have kids. I don't know. I've always like just thought about that. And I'd be like, that'd be fun to have kids. And, and, um, I don't know. I don't know. So that was something I, I always wanted to do, you know, be around like a, a, a family with kids. And that, that was just exciting to me. So the idea, you know, never knew when or how, um, but I, so that's something that, but I realized as we were dating that that was an important thing. And I knew my wife, uh, also, she always wanted to be a mother. And so I think we knew that that was an important value that we shared. So that was, um, it was actually really important. It was a, it was a really important thing, but we never, we never talked about it too much because we were both in line. You know what I mean? So that was helpful, I think, in our relationship, knowing that we had that uh, similar ideas for for that. We also knew we had similar sort of parenting strategies. You know, we were both pretty ch- like uh, chill. You know, we weren't like <laughs> super like we're we're not going to be like I need to parent like this or I need to do this. So we were kind of flexible, and I think so. A lot of conversations were not even happening because I think we were realizing we were in tune with each other and how we saw raising our kids. So. Um, but I think that's an important thing to be in tune with, with your partner, whoever that is. Like if you do want to, if you do want to have kids or not, I think it's important that 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 is a conversation in some way to have, um, you know, or how open are we to that, uh, potentially down the line? Um, I know for me, that would be important if, if, if my wife would have said like, I don't want to have kids, I think I it would have just changed things a little bit. I, you know, I, and we would have at least had to have had a conversation about it, you know, um, you know, and that, uh, that's something that would have come up, uh, and vice versa. If I would have said, I wouldn't want to have kids. I think it would have been a thing that we'd have had to figure out. So I think that's something that has to be kind of figured out. But at the same time, when you find your person, like that's, it's worth it to have that conversation and figure out, you got to do that. Nikki's, I have something, but what are you going to say? I was just going to say, well, then, based on what Danny's saying, like Nikki has to make a decision within herself then how important it is. But see, this is what I was, I mm. would have said this if Nikki said anything from fostering to raising chickens. Now, you might be able to get somebody on board with some chickens. You might be able to get somebody on board. Like, I think that's a little different of a thing. And I also think that it is yes, worth, yes, I'm glad that yes, she did include yes. their ages because. I guess my question is like, how emphatic is this person that at like twenty eight at twenty eight? They're like no children yeah. ever. Yeah, there's certain change. People, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, but but what she's saying is like, okay, well, do I wait two or three years and then he still says no? But I think it's like instead of kind of planning for these future emotions, I think stay in it for as long as you both find equal amounts of joy in it, 
and mm-hmm. then when and then I think you and then if like for instance you are then at a point where you're like I really have to have a baby mm-hmm. or or versus like I know let me finish I know you mm-hmm. but then <laughs> <laughs> I think or even what it is to foster because I know for instance Andy and I we were on the same page where you're like I didn't want children I will say that as I've gotten older as I've gotten a little more settled in things the idea of fostering maybe not anytime soon per se, but I'm like, it's one of those things where I'm like, like I joke about it, but I'm also not kidding. I'm like, give me a cool, give me a cool 10 year old. Give me a 14 year old who can do some chores. <laughs> like a kid who's like, get them out of the system. Let them focus and go to a good school. And I will have been part of that journey. In my a way. artworks For, like, are my children. <laughs> you say your artworks? <laughs> my artworks are my children. What about your our animals? My collection. <laughs> my collection. Uh, can I ask you all a question? Yeah. Did you know that from the top? Like from the top when you were when you were dating? You did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't a yeah. it wasn't a conversation of like what do you want as much as it just came out, you know, in a like a natural just talking yeah. about something and I just said it. Yeah. And I remember very distinctly yeah. Andy's face like lighting up a little bit. <laughs> like when he realized that I didn't want kids, uh, and he was yeah. like, Oh, okay. She might be, she might be a keeper, but it was, that was something I <laughs> yeah. knew, but it wasn't a, cause we got together, I guess, what was I, 26 when we got together? Good Lord. And so <laughs> I was like, oh no, but it was also because I think in part for me, something I just, ha- having been raised by a single parent who did have to work so hard, knowing that I kind of had these creative dreams that might not come through, mm. it really felt like an either or choice to make. Right? Mm. Did I you think, make that choice? Like, I just whatever is in Danny is not in me. Right. That's right. the thing. Like, that's why I said to yeah. Nikki, I'm like, you have to like kind of like look inside a little and start to like, yeah, really work through it because like I just like recognize that whatever that feeling is, it's not there. Right. Like, right. You don't have that in him. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people like it's yeah. true. I think just as people feel like I want to be a parent. Other people just feel like I don't. And I think that like the problem is I don't think we get enough credit as people who recognize that feeling. Cause I think there are plenty of people yes. out here who didn't have the feeling, but said, Oh, I, the next yeah. thing I should do is have a kid. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Only the people who, who really want it should do it. Don't just do it to do it. Cause I feel like I need a new tax break. <laughs> I need a backup kidney. I need a kidney in 20 years. I'm going to have to have a kid. Um, But I think, but be- only be- only because Nikki has kind of a wide range, I don't think it's a decision that has to be made now. But yeah. if the he if she is like, I want it in some form. Correct. And he is like, I don't. I don't well, think I guess should- that's my question. Is he really saying like I don't want to do any of it? Like I don't want to adopt yeah. a dog. Yeah. I don't want to I just don't think you should hope date someone. I that's don't think true. you should that's you true. should date mm-hmm. someone. If there is an if there is again one of these kind of like two dimensions butting up against each other, right? And they're both they're incompatible with each other. One wants children and the other does not. There someone is going to have to sacrifice something. And then you have yeah. to ask yourself, this is the, the question, what do I actually want? And at, at 28, I don't know. I think at, by the time you're getting to, into your 30s, you should really start making some dis- actual existential decisions. And you're going to have to start asking yourself, do I really want this? If I do and I don't get it, how is that going to make me feel? Mm-hmm. Will I resent this person mm. for yeah. taking up my... Uh, my fertile years <laughs> <laughs> for taking up my good ovaries, <laughs> whatever. Right. Am I going to resent them? for that? Yeah. yeah. No. And I then if that. you, if you will, then that's going to make some decisions for you about the relationship in its current moments. And it sucks. Like I lived, and I think all the three of us lived a lot of our lives in a time 
80s into the 90s into like the early 2000s where like the future was just this amorphous thing and everything yeah. was just like a present now. And like I, I was saying this in therapy the other day where I'm just like, I just didn't think things would fall apart in my lifetime. I knew, like, I'm like... Uh, right, like, we knew there was a hole in the ozone, but you were like, that's going to take a, yeah. a, a couple hundred oh, years, yeah. right? Like, you knew vague oh, yeah. future you things, vaguely but not... that stuff was, like, falling apart, but not immediately. And so it was just a kind of, like, blobby present that we were all in, and like, yay! And so I didn't have to start thinking about, like, these real questions until, like, my mid-twenties or so, and then had to start oh, yeah. making some, yeah. like real decisions as as uh, as we crept into the old 30s yeah but i but i think even though like even when we've and again it's come up from time to time it's so fun at one point i go Andy. one day i came and i go Andy, you want to get a two-year-old and he goes <laughs> are you bored like he was just like girl get an activity read a book and get a hobby i still say this you need a hobby no i need a nun. i have a would you get a chicken would you get chickens would you get chickens Hell no, but I would be somebody with like five animals. You know what I mean? Like if we can yeah, upgrade the yeah, apartment, yes, yeah. I will be full of animals and that will scratch that itch for me. But there also are times yeah. I do I do think as, um, as I said, as we get more settled, because for me, I just didn't understand how I could also comfortably have a kid because I didn't want to struggle. Yeah. And yeah. also try to do this creative stuff. You know, and so I just kind of said, okay, well, if I'm going to try this, then that can't really happen. And like, it wasn't like I was looking for, you know, like I didn't have a biological clock yes. that was like, this is my time or it's not like now or never. So it was like kind of fine. It didn't really, it didn't really press me, but I do think I'm like getting a little older. I'm like, Oh, it would be nice to take care of somebody or do something for somebody else. Take care of me. Girl, bye. You taking care of yourself. <laughs> he got COVID. He would barely even let me do stuff for him. I was all like, let me come take care of you. He was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, like, I, don't, you know, I don't want you to get it. But wait, but like, yeah. <laughs> hero sick i like i remember that i remember as a kid i used to like uh i would i would do that like if i had like a cough i would like try to cover the cough in under my blanket as a as a little kid and my grandma would hear it across the house and she'd be like Koshlash! and she would run into the room with tea and i'd be like oh get away from me i don't need it i'm fine I'm myself uh, i have to fight that struggle to be helped definitely yeah. yeah yeah did you have i mean the, these kind of thoughts about the future like did you think yeah like when did you have this kind of like solid i want kids like when you knew like, like when you had yeah. that moment where you're like yes this is what i know about myself like uh well i guess it's like like legacy like are we talking about like like that kind of thing or are we talking about just like do i want to be a father that kind of feeling like uh, what does legacy mean uh or just like sort of this idea of like what do i leave behind uh-huh, uh-huh, what do uh-huh. i leave like the idea of like uh, am i making uh, i don't know am i making the world a better place so what what was my contribution to this to this planet yeah, no, do i worry about it the second one like, okay when just you like, like, like okay it would be yeah. fulfilling like i think this is a fulfilling thing to do as yeah. a human being okay I had that early on. I think I, I knew um, from an early age. Uh, we had such a, a loud, colorful house. Even though I didn't grow up with like a, a traditional house, single parent, but I grew up with my grandparents um, and my brother and sister. And we always had a lot of relatives and immigrants running in and out of the house. And it was like awesome. And it was like fun. And I was like, I want that experience. I like uh, that. A full house. I, I just that. I, I like a full house. And part of that would be like with kids. I feel like that'd be fun. And I want to be able to like – 
And also, I think part of it, too, is probably a reaction to not having a father was this, I do want to be a father. I want what I didn't have in some ways. You know, I want to be able to be um, the person there to play catch with my with my kids or to take them for ice cream or whatever that is. I I, seeing what I didn't have made me in some ways probably want that experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But now you and your wife, you got together young, right? Like early twenties. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we got, we got together. I mean, we met in college. Right. right? Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 So it's like, so at the time too, like there's also a lot of time to kind of figure it out. But as you're saying, too, yes. like just a couple years in, you did both know where you stood on that individually, at least. Yeah. But then kind of you know, it was, knew it was a couple. But yeah, it's, it's funny because I'm like trying to think if we ever had like a conversation about like maybe we did. And I don't even remember it. But uh, <laughs> I think there was a lot of those where I mean, she's a much better communicator than I am, especially back then <laughs> when we were in our 20s. <laughs> Uh, again, you I were like, "Why don't we Christmas do some carols. bits instead of yeah, having was, a real conversation?" Let's go to A to C, and she's like, "We have to start with A to B, Danny. <laughs> we have to." Uh, but um, so she's much more practical, um, and I think she would have probably approached that topic and be like, "What are what are you thinking here about like where are we going? Like even when I knew we were going to move to LA or I wanted to move to LA, she was like, "Well, how are we going to do that financially?" Like, well, you have a job. And I was like, yes, we should do that. I should get a job and have that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I think we had, uh, she helped me kind of like, I guess, um, speak out what I wanted to do in my life, you know, probably vocalize it, you know, which I never really did. I think it was in me, but I never really spoke it into mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. until she was like, probably like, I want to be a mom. Do you want to be a dad? Yes. Actually, yes. Yes, I do want to be a father, you know, uh, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. yeah. But you are also, but again, having been together, right, for a while, you yeah. didn't have kids until... Oh, like, yeah, not until... Uh, a while into the relationship, like what, 10 years in or almost? Probably, probably 10 years in, yeah. Uh, we had kids when 31, when I was 31? 32, 32. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we moved, right? So we lived in Chicago, got married, moved to L.A. Um, we struggled, actually, for a little while to have kids, you know, and, um, and which I think made us even realize more how much we wanted to be parents, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that was something, too. Um, for myself, I know that for sure. It was like, oh, okay, I know. Now I really know, like, uh, what a, like that would be a gift I want. I want that. I want to be able to be part of that type of relationship. Um, but it's, yeah, it took a while. and um, But it was a conscious, I guess I'm just thinking yeah. about kind of like the conscious decision yeah. of it. Because I think it, you know, I don't know. It's I'm definitely an emotions first person. But when it comes yeah. to kids, it, it, it does feel like I, I feel very much like if that were to ever happen, it would have to be so many ducks in a row for myself. To feel like yeah, that I was, am then equipped yeah. to parent. Yeah, I was I was definitely more like I want to make sure I have a a career in some capacity or figure out my own stuff. And I and kind of like what you were saying, Andy, is I do feel like I've been in this perpetual childhood state for quite a long time. And even <laughs> when I was, you know, um, on Community and Mythic, I mean, these are all like characters that are kind of you know. Uh, 
on the cusp of adulthood. (laughs) You know what I mean? So my mindset has been like, well, not quite ready yet. Not quite ready yet. You know, that was harder for me to wrap around. I knew I wanted to be a dad, but I also wanted to make sure that I set it up. I set everyone up for success, um, knowing full well that it was like, I don't know if it would ever be like... I don't know if I'd ever be ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if I, I, would, I was trying to make it the perfect, it's like perfection, this idea of perfection always, you know, for me is like, I have to, it's, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be the, you know, the right, the right house. I gotta make sure that we have enough in savings. I gotta make sure that, um, you know, it's a good school district, like all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and I think just having kids is like, been like a nice sort of like, just, I just wanted to be a dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. Yeah so then i mean look there's no hard and fast you still i do think you're right andy what you're saying is like nikki you got to look within and do some thinking on this and decide you know how much you know how long are you willing to wait if at all how Mm -hmm. much do you want this to drive you i still personally believe that if raising chickens is on the table that is something that your partner may want to do but i understand but is that the thing is that like is that (laughs) yeah exactly that will fulfill you (laughs) But but you said oh I don't but that's the thing Nikki said I don't know but and also she, said pa- she gave a spectrum. parenting in a, in some capacity and I yes. think that changes I think that can also again it it can change with you know where you're at personally uh, financially creatively career wise yeah. like all yeah. those things can affect that willingness uh, but yeah certainly don't make a kid with or try to like parent with somebody who does not want to parent because then you on your own sister girl yeah you on your own buy a weasel farm. Don't buy a weasel farm, Nikki. <laughs> Don't buy a weasel farm. Can you buy weasel farms? Is that a thing? There's mink farms. I just assume there's also weasel <laughs> farms, right? <laughs> We don't know. We don't know what's happening. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny. Thank you so much. Danny, Danny, Danny. 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 It's a pleasure. Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. A true honor. It's true joy to reconnect. You know, I think your energy, your POV is infectious. I find you to be a grounding force. Yes, there are parts of this that, that listeners should definitely clip out and play to themselves in exactly. the morning while looking in the mirror. Exactly. Just being like, you are enough. You have enough. You Am I happy? In this moment? Am I happy in this moment? Can be. Can be. Let's do it. Check in. Let's check in. Do it. Let's check in. Mm. All right, you guys. We'll check in with you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com.